0: We are so grateful for our praise and worship team and they have been here since eight o'clock this morning and our video and media staff and others that are making it possible for this service to go out today. We're also grateful that we've talked with the city and they've given us permission to have this service. In fact, they encourage us to do what we're doing now so that others who are shut in will be able to still worship, to still give God a praise. I want to remind the world that in this time in which we are identifying those, that, those jobs that are essential, that your worship is essential. It is so important that you worship and praise God no matter what you're going through, no matter where you are. We're praying for those churches that perhaps cannot virtually stream their service. We are praying that God will continue to bless them and would lift them up and hold them and keep them strong. That when this is over, not only will God restore, but God will make them even better and stronger than what they've ever been before. There's a word from the Lord this morning that is found in a wonderful reference of Holy Scripture. The book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through verse 7. We're reading from the New International Version. We're also referencing throughout this message the New Living Translation. This message, this text that I've chosen for today was inspired by a conversation that I had on Monday of last week with a dear friend of mine, from Detroit, Michigan. Bishop Charles Ellis, who is the pastor of the wonderful, phenomenal ministry in Detroit called Greater Grace Ministries, a ministry that his father founded many years ago and is an iconic ministry, not only in the state of Michigan, but all across the world. In fact, Bishop Ellis is one of the co-founders of the Word Network. So he and I were communicating Monday just about this new norm. How does it feel, man, to to be preaching and you don't have an audience, you don't have a congregation? And we talked back and forth and encouraging each other. And he shared with me the text that he preached from Philippians. (laughs) And as he was sharing that, God said in my spirit then, you need to preach this on the next Sunday and I told my friend Chuck Ellis I says man I am going to borrow your inspiration and share this and so I want to give a shout out to him and thank him so much for inspiring me and God assigning me the task the wonderful privilege I should say of sharing this message with that in mind Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through seven and it reads rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near the new living translation say the Lord is soon to come verse six do not be anxious The Living Translation says, don't worry about anything. But in every situation, (laughs) in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request (laughs) to the Lord.
1: Hmm.
0: Here's where the subject is found. Verse number seven. And the peace of God. Which transcends all understanding. The King James says, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. The subject for this message today is lifted directly. From that seventh verse, it is taken from the seventh verse. Four words that's embedded within verse seven is the subject. Those words are the peace of God, the peace of God. That is what God has assigned us to share with you today, the peace of God in these times that we are living in today, time of pandemic, time of horrific consequences all across the world. One of the things that we as believers need to always remember is this, one of our most valuable resources as believers, as Faith walkers in these perilous, in these uncertain times, is the peace of God. Listen to what God is saying. Not our bank account, not our 401k that's on a roller coaster, uh, not the stimulus check that you expect in the mail. It's so greatly appreciated and so many. I can use it. but I'm here to tell you that those things are great, but a greater resource that we have during these times is this, the peace of God. The peace of God. Now, listen, when we as believers, when we as faith walkers, speak of the peace of God, this is what we are talking about. We aren't talking about some seance, we aren't talking about some magical trance uh, that takes us out of the mindset that we're going through, but we are talking about an internal sense of assurance that everything is going to be all right, despite how things may appear. Listen, an internal sense of assurance, an internal peace in you. Everything is falling apart around you. World seems to be in a chaotic state. <laughs> God will give us an internal assurance, a blessed assurance that Jesus is ours. Because of that, we, we have this peace. We have this peace that's brought about, we'll bring about an assurance that God knows what he's doing and that God is still in charge. Hebrews 11 defines faith uh, as the substance of things that are hoped for, the evidence of things or the assurance of things that are not yet seen. That's what God's peace gives us. It, It gives us a sense of contentment, uh, not a sense of being naive, not a sense of ignoring what the facts are. We believe in science, we believe in the facts, we we believe and we take comfort in what the experts are saying to us. But we have something as believers (laughs) that is a little different. That means in the midst of everything that we're going through, we have an assurance that God is still in charge. Why is that important? Because what I've discovered is this, is that the times of crisis, the enemy, the adversary comes in and he attacks us through our minds and he attacks our peace. And the enemy, during times like these, will bring in anxiety, will bring stress, will Bring fear. And the enemy's goal is this. The enemy's goal is to convince us. And this is so important that we understand this because the enemy can't make us do anything. The enemy can't impose his will on us. But the enemy convinces us to give up on our faith. We began to doubt. We began to speak negativity. We began to feel defeated. We begin to live like life is hopeless and everything is doomed. And what God says is that God says we we are not designed as believers to live like that. I don't care what's going on around us. As, As faith walkers, we are designed to trust God even when we can't see what he's up to. Even when we don't understand what God is up to we are to trust God. The Lord counters the enemies' attack with anxiety, stress, and fear. God counters the enemy with his peace, with God's peace. Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16. Paul writes these words, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you, and this is so important, May God give you his peace at all times in every situation, (laughs) not just in good situations. It's easy to have peace uh, when there's money in your bank account, when you're working and you're healthy and your family's doing well. But he says, Paul says, may God give you his peace at all times of your life and in every. Every situation, the darkest moments in your life, may God give you his peace. When you don't know how you're going to make ends meet, may God give you his peace at all times. Perhaps that's why David writes in Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall always Be in my mouth. Why? Because God's peace will never leave us. God says what you need during this crisis is the peace of God, a sense, an assurance to know that God is still in charge. Listen, there's a powerful, wonderful scripture that is found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26 and verse number three. In fact, we will be doing a Bible teaching Tuesday at seven o'clock. So join us with this. Isaiah writes these most powerful and iconic words. You will, he speaks of God, and you will, King James said, and thou wilt keep me or us in perfect peace, those whose minds are stayed on you. The NIV says, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. In other words, God will give you the peace. Uh, When your mind is focused on him, when when we're not just totally obsessed with a doomsday scenario, although it looks bad, but yet something good in our minds remind us of who God is and what God has done before. And you know what? If God has done it before, God can do it again. In fact, I often tell people this. Remember your last personal crisis. Not an international crisis, not a a, a, a national crisis, but your last personal crisis when you did not know how you would come out of it, but God made a way out of it. When your backs were against the wall and and, and folk all around you were writing you off, (laughs) somehow God stepped in right on time. And God bless you despite the situation. Why is that so important? Because we've got to trust God no matter what we do. And I know there's fear everywhere. In fact, I had a conversation uh, just a few days ago with the patriarch of our Jackson family, my cousin by the name of Deacon Albert Jackson. And, 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 and Albert is a deacon in another church and he could not get to his service. And he was watching our service and he called me and left me an encouraging message. I finally called him back the other day and I said, Cousin Albert, are you doing all right? He said, I'm 90 years old and full of joy and I'm doing fine. I said, you're 90, be careful. Now, don't go outside. You know it's dangerous. He said, I know all of that. I'm staying inside, and I'm taking every precaution uh, that has been recommended to me. But yet, I want you to know, nephew, that I rejoice with you on last Sunday, because God is still good. Then he said something. He said, I've been living 90 years, and I've seen hard times before. He said, I want to remind you that if God did it, then God can do it again. And I had to rejoice and I called him to encourage him. And he ended up encouraging me saying, I've lived longer. It reminds me of what David writes when David say, I've been young and now I am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed to beg bread. In other words, God Has done it before God will do it again and that this is not uh, some hoodoo some magical saying this is not some religious fanatic uh, a person saying that we trust God no we trust God because God has done it for us before not only for us God has blessed this world God has blessed this nation before and God says I'll give you something to help you through this. And, and, and what God will give us is a sense of peace to know that God is working things out on our behalf. Look at the text. Look at this powerful text, this, this text in Philippians. I said to uh, the church this morning during the eight o'clock service that this fourth chapter of the book of Philippians is very special to me, very special to my family. <laughs> Because just a few years ago, uh, my family was going through a crisis, a healthcare crisis, and my mother shared this text with me. And in the midst of going through it, she, she reminded me of Philippians chapter 4. And I shared it with my sons and my wife and my sisters and my brothers. And we together began to, to stand on God's word, that God's peace will carry us through this. Listen to the text. The Apostle Paul writes this very personal letter. And this is so important uh, because it is as important of where he writes from. He writes this encouraging letter to the believers in Philippi, the brothers and the sisters, the faithful believers in Philippi. What makes this so unique? Is that Paul writes this from a prison cell. In other words, he was shut up, locked down, could not get out. He was confined to a space that he could not leave. Paul could have chosen to be negative. Paul could have been very dismissive of God and said, Lord, I I have written more epistles than anyone. I've started more New Testament churches than anyone. I left my career, had my Damascus Road experience just to worship and to work for you. And look where I am. But that was not uh, the course that Paul chose. Paul, in this prison, listen to this, and this blessed me so, Paul, in his state, decided, I am going to encourage somebody else. Uh, He forgot about what he was going through, and he says, in his state, he decided to write this epistle to the church in Philippi. And this, this book, this epistle, is called the Book of Joy. Now, ironic enough, the Book of Joy was written from a prison cell. Uh, Paul uh, was locked down Paul could not as many of you are right now could not leave where he was but yet he found a mission (laughs) he found a purpose God told me to tell you that in the midst of what you're going through you can find a mission You can find a purpose, write an email to somebody, send a text to somebody, get on social media and don't uh, facilitate negativity, but send positive things. Encourage somebody and let them know that God is still in charge. I feel my help coming right now, but I just want you to know something that in the midst of what you're going through, God says, I've got an assignment on your life. (laughs) God told me last week as I was confined to the house, God said, Darrell, I've got an assignment on your life. All those sermons you've been waiting to develop, you've got time now to sit at your desk and drop down on your knees and pray like you've never prayed before. All of those things that I've given you, you've got time now to seek me. And I began to say, thank you, Lord. And God said, forget about your own misery and start encouraging other folks. So I picked up the phone and I called somebody and they said, oh, Pastor Jackson, you're calling me. And I said, be encouraged. And I sent somebody a text and said, be encouraged. And God says, your assignment it is to forget about your dilemma and you bless somebody else because, Lord, you bless me to be a blessing. Somebody right now is going through something and you don't know how it's gonna turn out, but I'm telling you, God has given you an assignment of encouragement to bless somebody else. So, Paul from a prison cell writes about God's peace as his life was about to be extinguished, as his life was about to come to an end, Paul shares with these most faithful believers how they can obtain and maintain the peace of God in their life. Only somebody who's worse off than the people you're writing to, can encourage you to lift up your head and know that God has not forgotten about you. You know the book of Philippians and all the wonderful scriptures that he says, and my God shall do this, and my God shall do that. But Paul begins to write to them and says, I know it's tough. Because many of them were being persecuted. Uh, They were being tortured by the Roman government. Some of them were being sewn up in sheepskin. And for the entertainment of the Romans in the Colosseum, uh, they were being let loose. And and wild animals would devour their bodies. But Paul did not want them to give up. (laughs) Paul did not want them just to lose their faith. So he writes this encouraging word, listen to what he says in verse four of the New Living Translation. Paul starts off verse four by saying this, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. In other words, Paul was telling them joy is a choice. (laughs) Joy is a choice that you've got to choose. Joy is something that you've got to make up your mind that despite my situation, I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord my God. Perhaps Paul was referencing the book of Habakkuk chapter number three verse 17 when Habakkuk writes rejoice in the Lord and though are uh, the caterpillar and the poma and though things are destroyed and though the barns are depleted Habakkuk said yet I will rejoice In the Lord, and though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no grape on the vine, though the olive crop fail, and the fields produce no food. He says this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord my God. We've got to choose to rejoice in your house by yourself. Don't know how things are going to turn out. You've got to say to the enemy, joy is my choice. I choose to rejoice, I'm not gonna give up. I am not gonna throw my hands up and walk out and say God has forgotten about me. In fact, I am going to give God my best praise on my worst day. I am gonna lift my voice and clap my hands and praise God. You can do it right where you are right now god said you don't you don't have to be in church you you don't have to wait on a choir you can give god your best praise you can walk around the house by yourself my mother told me she was filled with the holy ghost in her house sweeping her porch with young kids sleeping she wasn't in church she didn't have a preacher she didn't have prayer warriors but she had communication with god you can talk to god right now And say Lord I thank you Lord I praise you when I think of your goodness Lord I praise you God you've been so good to me so Paul says uh, that our joy is a choice he says we have to choose to rejoice then he tells us in verse number five the latter part of verse number five Paul says the New Living Translation says remember the Lord is coming soon. The NIV says the Lord is near. We've got to remember that times like these just remind us that God is soon to come. But I'm reminded of what John wrote. In the book of Revelation, John saw catastrophe, John saw beast, John saw tribulation. But at the end, John closed the book and said, even so, come Lord Jesus. You've got to have a relationship with God. Folk call me all the time and say, Pastor, you think this is the end of the world? I say, I don't know. I'm not pretending to be a prophet, but I do know this, that if it is, I'm ready to go. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Paul writes these words, note what he says in verse number six. And here's the text, the New Living Translation is the translation that I wanna go to because Paul puts it in verse number six this way, the New Living Translation, he tells them, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Look at this again. I want to share four things that Paul says that we ought to do in order to get the peace of God in our life. Four quick things. The first thing is don't worry about anything. Pastor Jackson, how can you tell us not to worry in a pandemic? How can you tell us not to worry when we don't know what things are going to be? I'm telling you. What God says, Paul writes, don't worry about anything. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not concerned. That does not mean that, that, that we're not uh, sympathetic and empathetic with those who are going through. But what separates us as people of faith is that we supplant worry with faith. And we put anxiety aside and replace it with joy. <laughs> We don't worry if you know the Lord is keeping you, the song said. What are you worried about? We know that God will make a way out of nowhere. That doesn't mean that we are not careful. That doesn't mean that we don't heed the dice of those who are telling us to be safe and what to do. But here's what we know. We know that after we've done all we can do, <laughs> after we've taken every precaution we can take, We don't worry because we know that God's in charge. And let me tell you something, and and this does not sound morbid, but this is faith. If this earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved, we've got a building of God, a house not made by hand. So number one, Paul says, don't worry about anything. Second thing that Paul says is this, pray about everything. There's nothing too small for you to pray about. Pray about everything. God bless my son and daughter who lives out of town. God give them peace. God, we ask you to do this, protect my house. Bless those that are on my jobs. Lord, help me to keep food on my table. Lord, help me to keep the lights on. Just pray that you can take anything To the Lord. What I've learned is that we too often take our business to folk who cannot do anything about it. And what Paul says is that pray about everything. Here's the question that I need to ask you: Have you prayed? I know you bench. I know you've looked at Netflix, and I know you've been watching television, and I know you're glued to CNN. But every now and then, can I tell you what the Lord made me do just yesterday? I was upstairs, I was meditating, I had the television on and CNN was on, and they do a rolling stroll of the number of deaths and the number of people that have contracted the virus. And God told me in the midst of that, God said, cut it off. (laughs) Right now, cut it off. God said, and put on some gospel music, and I cut it off, and I put on the gospel music, and, and I began to rejoice in the Lord. And God said, pray right now, and, and God said, and I began to say, Lord, I know who you are. And I know that you are a way maker. (laughs) Ah, Wherever you are right now, you've got to know what God can do. I had the television off and on my knees and God said it took a pandemic for you to cut the news off and drop on your knees in the middle of the day on a Saturday afternoon because there is no sports and because there's nothing else to watch you've had to drop on your knees and it has improved your prayer life I pray like I've never prayed before I know how to pray for everything God bless my sons God bless my mother God bless my nieces and nephews God bless my co-workers. God bless those at the Bible Way Church God bless every other church God bless the unbelievers God bless those who are incarcerated God bless those on the front line I start praying for Dr. Cedric and Okereke And every nurse and others in healthcare profession And I call their names out And I begin to call on the name of the Lord And before I knew it finally minutes turned to 20 minutes and 20 minutes turned to 40 minutes and 40 minutes turned to two hours and I had a prayer meeting all by myself upstairs in my house yesterday and i came downstairs rejoicing and i came downstairs my wife said baby you had a long nap i didn't want to tell her baby i didn't have a long nap but i had a talk with jesus and everything is all right. You've got to know how to get on your knees and pray like you've never prayed before. So the second thing is pray about it. Here is the third. Tell God what you need. I've, well, here's what I've learned, and my mother shared this with me. Sometimes we are so bashful, sometimes our faith won't even allow us to voice to God what we really want, because somehow there's doubt in our mind. Lord, I can't ask you for that. God said, yes, you can. You can ask me for whatever you need. Lord, this is what I need you to do. Lord, I may not get paid in the next two weeks, but I need you to cover my mortgage for the next two months. Lord, I need you to make a way. I don't know how you're going to do it. And if a check comes from the government or from some stranger or somebody knocks on my door and bless me. All I know is the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness there, pray for everything. Tell God what you need. Here's what I start telling God, not what I need financial, or not what I need immaterialistic, but I start saying, God, save so-and-so. <laughs> I called the names of nieces and nephews and people that I've been praying for. I said, God, you told me to tell you what I need. I need you to save somebody i need you to make a way out of nowhere and i said lord i need you to do it right now and i kept calling on the name of the lord if you call him he'll answer i believe that god is a way maker and i told god what i wanted and here is the fourth and the final one the fourth and the final one said, after you stop working, after you pray about everything, after you tell God what you need, <laughs> number four, thank Him for all that He has done. <sighs> ah, I got up off my knees and began to walk around and said, Lord, I thank You. Thank You for making a way. Thank you for ending this pandemic. Somebody say, but it's not over yet. I've learned to thank God in advance. Thank you for restoring the houses of worship. Thank you for turning this world all around. Thank you for saving my nieces and nephews. Thank you for making ways out of nowhere. I began to thank God for what he's already done. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, in your house, at your kitchen table, right now you ought to thank God for what God has done. And then Paul says this. Listen to how Paul ties this in. Verse 7, and I'm going back to the NIV translation. Paul says, hear the four things. Don't worry. He says, pray about everything. Tell God what you want. And thank God for what he has done. Ooh, but look at verse number 7. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse 7 says, and... Ooh, One translation says, then the peace of God. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. After I stop worrying, after I pray, after I tell you what I need, after I begin to thank you for what you've done, then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. (laughs) which is greater than all human understanding. I will guard your hearts and will guard your minds. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. In other words, you won't lose your mind. In the midst of everything else falling apart all around you, God says, I'll guard your mind. (laughs) I will keep you in perfect peace, (laughs) I'll guard your hearts. I'll do this because you have trust me in a time of crisis. And the peace of God. And the peace of God. here's, here's our challenge to those of you that are joining us right now. Don't pray for another check in the mail. Don't pray For another light bill to be done right now. Not before you do this. I'm not telling you you should not pray for God's provision. We will talk about that on Tuesday. But before you pray for provision, (laughs) pray for peace. Tell God, give me a peace that everything is going to be all right. A peace that does not take you for granted. A peace that in the midst of All that we're going through, God's got our back. God has already worked things out. Listen, we're about to conclude this message. And I want you, thank you to my friend Chuck Ellis from Detroit, Michigan. Because God changed my assignment last Monday. And God says, somebody listening to you this Sunday Needs to know that I am the God of peace, <laughs> that I'll give them a peace that will far exceed anything they can understand. Here is what God said me said to me. In our conclusion, let us remember that during these most difficult times, we should take courage in the fact that the peace of God. <laughs> Listen to this, that the peace of God will help us to get through this. And then late last night around 11 o'clock, God told me to add these two words, with joy. <laughs> Woo! And I put an exclamation mark back behind it. And the peace of God will help us to get through this. And God says, we're going to get through this with joy. (laughs) I'm going to give you joy. I will help you say in the midst of a crisis that it is well with my soul. Listen, as the praise team comes, there's an iconic song that was written in 1873 by a Chicago businessman and a believer by the name of Horatio Listen to his story. This businessman had five children and a wife, and he and his family were planning on a European trip. But because of some business dealings his trip was delayed and he sent his wife and four kids on one child had died two years earlier with pneumonia but yet he kept his faith and so he sends his wife and he sends his four children on but in the midst of their transactions. Atlantic journey. You can read this. The Saint Augustine wrote about this in 2014 of October 2014. It says, in the midst of his, in the midst of his wife and his children's transatlantic journey, their ship ran into a Scottish ship. And the ship was in trouble. And the ship was going down (laughs) and as the ship began to sink the wife (laughs) took her four children and embraced them prepared to all die together someone escaped with a lifeboat sometimes later that person found the wife but all four of Horatio's children were now dead all five God said all five of his children are now dead his wife survived his wife tells him says when he gets home she says to him that we prayed together on that deck not knowing if this was the end or not but here's what makes this story so profound About a year later, Horatio rents another boat and he wants them to take him where his family died. He wanted to see the place and to feel the place, to feel it in his spirit. So he and his wife and a few close associates, all prayer warriors, get on this rented vessel And in the midst of the Atlantic, they point out the space and say, here's where your four children lost their life. Horatio said, I could have given up. (laughs) I could have been angry at God. God, who allows all five of your children to die? A parent isn't supposed to bury their child. So Horatio, as opposed to giving up, began to pray Mac, and he writes these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like billows roll, you can understand the early English that was used. And this is the part that touched me so much. Whatever my lot. Thank you, Lord. Thou hast taught me to say. It is well. It is well with my soul. It took some courage to write that. It took some courage for a man who lost five children in less than two years to go to the spot of the accident and declare with faith, Lord, it is well. It is, I don't know what's going to happen with this pandemic. I don't know whose life is going to take out. I don't know what family is going to suffer. But I do know this, that we could all say, At the end of this, as Horatio wrote in 1873, it is well with my soul. Francis and the praise team will bless us with his words. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing right now. This is altar time. Your altar is wherever you are. You don't have to be in the church. Just stand if you can in your kitchen, in your bedroom, in your den, and hear the words of this song. Thank you, Lord.
1: When peace Uh like a river Uh attendeth my way
0: Francis, yes.
1: When the song God's talking to somebody. Right now. Maybe you lost a loved one. God's talking to you right now. Uh,
0: uh, whatever, whatever. Whatever
1: my life thou has taught. to say Ah, it is well oh Lord it is well it is well with my soul lift your hands wherever
0: you are and join in
1: with the praise It it is
0: To the second verse that this man with great faith writes in 1873 though Satan shall buffet though trials should come let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul lord it is well (laughs) it is well with my soul come on praise to me it it is well with my
1: soul it is well
0: give you an opportunity to have it well with your soul. There's a number on the screen 888-776-1238 If you want to be saved, you can do it right now. My son told me just earlier that someone texts him and says can you still join the church? Can you still be saved? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Wherever you are, somebody is waiting to talk to you right now. If, if you need the Lord in your life, if you are not affiliated with any ministry or any church, amen, and you would like a covering, you would like someone to watch and to, over your soul, cover you as you touch and agree with what God is doing, then call us. This is not about church membership. This is not about proselyting anybody from any other church. If you are a member of your church, stay there. Pray together with that congregation, even when they reconvene. But God says, I am going to give you a peace. A peace like was given to this Chicago businessman in 1873 could go back to the spot and say, God, it is well. I don't blame you, God. I still trust you. We're told that after that, God blessed him like his business had never been blessed before. Why? Because he he did not blame God. He wasn't angry at God. He just said, God, in the midst of everything I am going through, I've learned to trust you Somebody right now, whatever you're going through, trust God, shut in, but you are not shut out. Maybe God's done this for a reason. Maybe there's some that are watching services live that you would have never done before. You would never have done this. But because of this crisis, God's driving us all to our knees. God says when this is over, <laughs> we will be able to lift our hands and say it is well with our soul. One more time before we pray, it is well. Uh. With my soul. Yeah. Ah, God's doing something. Let us pray. Lord God, our Father, the Prince of Peace, (laughs) the peace of God that far exceeds all human understanding, peace of God that transcends understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Someone right now, Lord, in the midst of a crisis, they've decided to trust you. (laughs) They've decided not to worry. They've decided to pray about everything. They have decided to tell you what they need. And yes, Lord, they have decided to thank you for what you have done. And then (laughs) the peace of God that transcends all of our human understanding. God, our hearts, Lord. God, our minds. Lord, we know that in the midst of this, something good will come out of this. Have your way, Lord. We pray right now. Pray for that young lady who called me late last night because her mother was rushed to the emergency room and she could not go in the hospital and watch her mother, who's critically ill. (laughs) God, I send these words to her that the peace of God, which transcends human understanding, let it be well with her soul. Touch somebody, wherever they are, all across this world. Thank you, Lord. For that 90-year-old deacon, the cousin of mine, Deacon Albert Jackson. Thank you for that millennial who texts me this morning. Thank you, Lord, for those wherever they are and whatever they're going through. They are seeking you in a way that they've never done before. God, we pray that you will get the glory when this is all over. Lord, this is our prayer. In your name we pray. Wherever you are right now, say amen. Come on, it is well. It is well. It, it is well. 888
1: well. 1,
0: 776. Well. 1238. 888 1238.
1: It is well. It is well. It is.
0: Just before we have the closing prayer, let me thank all of you for joining. A special thank you for your tithe and offerings and your gifts that you've been giving online. Thank you for your commitment to remain faithful to God. And again, as we have said in all of these services, that if you are a member of your local church, take your tithe, take your offerings there. Bless them. Your local congregation needs you now more than ever. To those of you that have been touched by the word of God, if you are led to give to this ministry, God bless you. But we're not doing it for your gifts. We're doing it so that God can get the glory and someone would be encouraged. Remember to join us again on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. God has given me a special message to share entitled The Promises of God During a Time of Crisis. There are three promises that God has made to us during a time of crisis. Join us 7 o'clock on Tuesday as we share that. Thank you again. May God bless you. Stay encouraged. And remember your greatest resource It's not the check you're waiting on in the mail, but it is the peace of God that transcends all human understanding. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you again for this service. Thank you for so many all over this world that have joined us. We pray for every congregation. We pray for every place of worship. God, we pray that you encourage them. And in the midst of this crisis, I pray that they will come out of this even stronger than what they've ever been before. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now and tomorrow and forevermore. And those that trust in God, and those who rely on God's peace, said amen, amen. Stay tuned for this final announcement. And we will see you again on Tuesday. Amen.
1: We'd like to thank everyone for tuning into our service. If you desire prayer, please call one 776 1238 if you feel this was a blessing to you, please be sure to share to your page. We'd like to thank you for your continued financial support to the ministry of Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Here are the following ways you can give online through My Connections via our website, bwcar.org, by texting bwcar along with your giving amount to 73256 or recurring through automatic draft through your bank account or MyConnections. Or you can send in your offering by check or money order via mail at P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not send cash. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org.